106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Because some of those jobs of the past are just not going to come back. And we're reclaiming a very proud heritage as a manufacturing nation again. And when somebody says... Do you remember when the previous administration, the head of the previous administration... The person you just mentioned, who I'm not going to advertise for... I won't mention names. I'm sure you'll never guess the name. That he's going to bring all these jobs back. Well, how exactly are you going to do that? What are you going to do? There's... There's no answer to it. But said that you need a magic wand to create manufacturing jobs. He just says, well, I'm going I'm to negotiate a better deal. Well, how, what, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? Well, we found the magic wand because we're going to be hitting 750,000 manufacturing jobs in the not too distant future. And usually the answer is he doesn't have an it answer. It never made sense to me. When they said no increase in manufacturing jobs, no manufacturing jobs, manufacturing jobs are disappearing. I used to say those are the best jobs. Those are great people. Those are unbelievably talented people. You're very talented people. You're very talented people. It's a uh, <clears throat> cool night in Northern California. Weather's changing and we're not getting any rain. They say we're going to get rain maybe this weekend. And um, that'll be good, even if it's just a little bit. It's been really dry around California, Northern California, where I'm sitting here tonight. And uh, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio Podcast, number 49. <clears throat> We're almost at this a year now, 49 broadcasts once a week. So this one will show up at <clears throat> on March 7. And uh, just nice and quiet here tonight in the neighborhood. No, like, people freaking out outside or breaking in anything or shooting at anybody. So we're thankful for that. And we're, uh, if you get a chance to listen to that, listen to this show, we're thankful that you took the time to do it because there's a jillion other things to do out there in the world. Just in America, there is. It's just an amazing place, America. Thousands and thousands of podcasts. Really amazing, incredible information given out free. Go on the internet. Just amazing. Just an amazing thing. So <clears throat> we're here for about a little over two hours. We do six 20-minute segments, and we'll have a little break in between where we don't just stop, but we have some clips that are educational and 
better than I can say it. So instead of me just saying everything, I just put somebody else on here and help me out. We're partnering here. That's the beauty of all this technology and YouTube and all this stuff. You you capture some of the most bright people. Just makes me sit back and wonder, man, how'd they get that smart? That's just amazing. So I admire people that can speak clearly and speak the truth or speak things that I haven't thought about. So pretty cool, pretty cool stuff. So No Hostages Radio, that's us. If you just stumbled across us, somebody referred you to this link to a podcast, or maybe you looked on our website at nohostagesradio.com. However you got here is fine with me, and uh, but I just want to give you some of the options. If you came here from a podcast source, then you can go to our, our website. And on that website, there are, oh, I don't know, since it's 40, oh, between 50 and 60 articles, newspaper articles on a variety of topics from around the United States going on here what's shaking culturally and politically in the united states so if you like to listen to read something about that you can read it there it's we publish them in the uh, territorial dispatch it's a weekly paper here in northern california in four counties and uh, you can get a hard copy or you can look at it at territorial dispatch dot b-i-z you can look at that new new edition every tuesday Actually, I think it may be 4 or 5 o'clock at night on Monday night. You can look at a new edition. So that's uh, how to get to us. If you want to reach me personally, you can uh, contact me on my phone at 530-713-1838. That's 530-713-1838. Or you can <clears throat> send me an email at lou at nohostagesradio, L-O-U at nohostagesradio.com. Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. And uh, so we we made it through this Tuesday Super. They call it the Super Tuesday election. So a lot of the folks, a lot of the states had primaries. California moved its primary from June back to March to kind of have more clout, I guess, in the presidential campaign or the run for president, <clears throat> have more of a say in it, as opposed to be maybe waiting till June, and a lot of the primaries have already been conducted, and maybe it's already been settled who's going to be in, in the uh, runoffs or the general election. What it, what it really goofed up when you move it close like this is most candidates that are running for local office do not have a campaign machine behind them, and they're trying to make it through the holidays with their families because they're not professional politicians, so they don't have the big old campaign system running every day of the year, right, raising money, politicking, lobbying. So the local people are, like, actually working and trying to make a living like the old-fashioned way, old school, right, instead of mooching off the government. And... So they have a real hard time when you make it. By the time you get through the holidays, <clears throat> you just have like 90 days and boom. Actually, you don't even have 90 days. March 3rd, you had 60 days, right? 50 to 60 days. Rough, huh? So it's hard to get some momentum, particularly if you're an unknown. You just have to spend a lot of money. 
I really didn't pay much attention to the election. I voted, and I knew what all the causes were and the measures and the people, so I voted, and I put out my loose picks for people that wanted to know what I thought. Uh, But since then, I didn't even have time to look at the results. I've been so busy. We have our trauma intervention program academy where we train new people to come on board with TIP once a year. And so it's been sucking all my energy and time. And so that's what we've been doing. And what I realized is life goes on without me. That's a good realization for you. That will humble you if you think you're pretty sharp and the world like is running because you got up this morning and took interest in it. Well, you got another thing coming because the world to just go right on, even though you're not all plugged in like you used to be. I, I'm so fascinated. There's so much going on nowadays. I can't keep up with it. I just read headlines and they're just shocking. How about this one? Actress Bussy or Buzzy, Busy, B-U-S-Y Phillips. I don't even know these actresses and stuff. B-U-S-Y Phillips. I don't know why she's pretty, but I don't know why she's uh, famous and people think they should listen to her rather than their mother. Actress Busy Phillips claims she owes her success to an abortion at age 15. Well, God bless you. There's been many people I wanted to kill to get ahead as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that Gavin Newsom forgave for killing people on death row that thought they had a right to kill somebody themselves to get ahead. An actress, Busy Phillips. I just feel sorry for her because it's interesting. You know, there's... I say this every once in a while because it's the truth. There's been times where I've wanted to kill somebody. And uh, that's there's an evil side of me that only Jesus can keep control of. And uh, some people don't even think I'm a very good Jesus follower. And sometimes I, I just think, you know, I'm just casting myself on the grace of God because I can't keep up with all this Christian stuff. It's nuts. In fact, some of the Christian people are the nuttiest people out there. And so I understand Busy Phillips. Somebody, you screw up, and somebody knows about it. It's embarrassing. You don't want to get caught. Maybe you maybe you robbed something or did somebody in or something, and somebody's wanting to talk. And so it's easier just to, instead of facing the music, as they say, and uh, doing your time, You don't have a backbone to do the time, so you kill the person that knows about it, right? Because they're a hindrance to your success in life. And Busy Phillips said, you know something? I got myself knocked up. Neither of us were responsible. So the person that has to pay is an innocent victim of my stupidity and selfishness. So instead of having the patience to birth that child at nine months and give it to a great family, which I have. In fact, I just uh, put up uh, six billboards and in the Yuba Sutter area, and it says, don't end your pregnancy. We will raise your child. 
and then it has Church of Glad Tidings name and the phone number. And the reason I put that up there many years ago, and I put it up maybe once a year, we'll do a little month-long campaign. The reason I put that up there many years ago is because a young girl got herself pregnant by a little hoodlum, and she was a good kid. She just made a mistake, fell for a guy that was a real loser, got herself pregnant. She was going to Yuba College. Her mom used to work at the hospital, and I knew her mom, and her mom freaked out, and the little girl freaked out, or wasn't a little girl, but young woman, and went out and had an abortion, didn't even talk to her mom about it, just totally crushed her mother. So I was riding down the street one day, and I thought, I wonder if that girl would have known that there would be somebody really would have loved to have her child and raise it, whether she had done something different, instead of living for the rest of her life like busy, saying, hallelujah, I'm a big old popular actress. I got my picture in magazines, and that little boy or that little girl needed to be sacrificed for me because I wanted my dream. So I put up these billboards, don't end your pregnancy, will raise your child to say that even though you may not think it's important or valuable, that child, the, the people at the Church of God Tidings would raise every, every kid you brought to us. I have, I've had a waiting list of people wanting to raise kids that I could find for them for 20 years now. One time, the Christian Science Monitor, I read an article in there that said that there was something like 900,000 families in the United States that would like to adopt a baby or have a baby, and they <clears throat> couldn't have one anymore. And the needs were going unmet because so many people were killing their children. Is that something? That's just something. So they they have these big rallies here recently. They made this big push to make Donald Trump look bad. You know, it doesn't matter how good Trump gets. They hate him for it. The more successful he is, they just they just hate him. They're bitter, 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 bitter. Just full of revenge and bitterness and hate. Rush Limbaugh, I remember when the first time I heard him years ago said, that liberalism is a mental illness. I thought, oh, Rush, you're a little over the top there, man. You're like, that That, that can't be true. It, you know, it's kind of a hyperbole. You know that word hyperbole? But I don't think it's hyperbole anymore. It, it's just like uh, they've lost contact with reality. It's like when you take LSD. That's what's happening with these liberals. So they they stand up and proudly chant that they sacrifice their baby. Now, they're not the first ones to ever do that. You can read that in the Bible in front of God and everybody. People not only sacrificed their baby, but burned them in the fire. Live babies. That ain't gnarly. And it was totally acceptable because they wanted to. The fact is that child was going to solve a problem that they had in their life that they felt they were having problems with the supernatural world and that child was a, they were sacrificing that child. So their life would go smoother. Not much different than busy, huh? Busy Phillips. This life is just going to cause me a lot of stress and, and commitment. I got to be committed to this little guy. So same thing back in the day in the Roman days, the days of Israel, when the people of Israel 
went a whoring after other ways. They called it being a prostitute. They went a whoring, whoring after other ways rather than God. And those ways led them to kill their own offspring. Now, that's weird, isn't it? Isn't that weird? That's really perverted. But this woman got up and proudly celebrated the fact of this 15, at 15 years of age, she decided uh, that the best thing for her to do was not to go through and give that boy or girl life and then give that child to someone else. But the best thing she could do is just kill that child. And so you'll hear more about that on another clip we have later in the show. That's pretty gnarly. Well, I wanted to, uh, I ran across this article. It's many, many years old. Ann Landers. I used to read occasionally Ann Landers. She had a column in newspapers, a syndicated column, as they used to call them back in the day when newspapers actually, I was joking with the tip teens tonight in the tip meeting, and I brought up about how we're going to find, get to a call really quickly. And I said, some people think GPS is the fastest way, but I said that usually takes you on the scenic route. So the fastest way is to know how to use a map book. And I said, oh, by the way, does any teenager ever seen a map book? Of course, everybody laughed about it. Or a phone book. Who would have known? So, anyway, Ann Landers, this is an old article. But I thought, oh, how cool. It says, I am an inner city English teacher. And my students are reading George Orwell's 1984. I'm having a difficult time explaining communism socialism and fascism without giving a full-blown time-consuming history lesson. I recall you printed a humorous column some time ago explaining these concepts. Will you please print it again? I'm sure it will kickstart a lively class discussion. A teacher in Mississippi wrote this letter to Anne, wanted to get her input. Dear Mississippi teacher, she said, thank you for asking. It's an oldie but a good goldie. Here it is, socialism. You have two cows. Hold on here. Socialism. This is socialism. They're, they're going to use cows to explain the different isms. Socialism is you have two cows. You give one cow to your neighbor. Communism, you have two cows. You give both cows to the government, and they might give you some milk. Fascism. You have two cows. You give all the milk to the government, and the government sells it. Nazism. You have two cows. The government shoots you and takes both cows. Anarchism. You have two cows. Keep both the cows shoot the government agent, and steal another cow. That's what's going on in our country right now. When they kill cops, and then they, they, right now, we don't even have any laws in the state of California to enforce on theft, so people just go out and take what they want. 
anarchism. You have two cows, keep both of the cows, shoot the government agent, steal another cow. That's what's going on right in our town. People are just going out there and stealing those cows. Except they're stealing like big screen TVs and drills and construction equipment, all that kind of stuff. Capitalism. You have two cows, sell one cow and buy a bull. Not a bad idea. Now, that's some sharp thinking right there. Surrealism. You have two giraffes. The government makes you take harmonica lessons. That's your isms. Communism, fascism, Nazism. Anarchism, capitalism, surrealism. All right. Have you been wondering about all these <clears throat> these different ideas about what America should be? I, I read into this about Teddy Roosevelt wrote, or was written about him. He says, we have room for but one flag. All you flying the Mexican flag or the something flag from your old country. Why don't you pack your crap and go back over there and celebrate down there with that flag? Teddy said, we have room for but one flag, the American flag. We have room but for one language here, and that would be the English language. And we have room for but one sole loyalty, and that is a loyalty to the American people. Now, the Democrat Party and the Democrat politicians they don't give a darn about the American people. In fact, they're trying to, they'll, they'll sell the whole country out to get control of the presidency, even if it has to be illegally. So we're going to, we're going to take a short break. And uh, this is five reasons Latinos support Donald Trump. And I'm going to be right back because I'm going to be plowing through this tonight because I'm doing this in the middle of the night. Nice and quiet out. There's no honking going on. No garbage trucks going by. Bang, 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 bang. We'll be right back and uh, enjoy this clip. shocked to hear a Latino man in Los Angeles say that his daughter is going to vote for Donald Trump. Poor Kay, Katie Turr says, why? This is what the man says. Take a look. They're leading the, leading the charge. Is your daughter the one who is pushing for him? No, my señora, my daughter is Donald. Oh, wow. The Donald. But who is going to vote for Donald? Uh-huh. <laughs> your daughter is going to vote for Donald Trump? Yeah. Why? Yeah. No sé, le encanta. Pero tu esposa Por la economía dice que está bien, que lleva buen programa. The economy. Yeah. You don't see that too much, but it's fascinating. You know, in Latino community, um, you're seeing that there's still kind of the stubborn 10 to 15 percent of the population that is going to, uh, that continuously pulls uh, in favor of Donald Trump. So why do you think that is? You know, at least in my family, I don't know, some folks are members of law enforcement. 
Um, some folks, uh, you know, uh, just really focus on the economy. Um, uh, I don't know what the, re the exact reasons are, but there, there tends to be that, that, that certain conservative um, flank within the Latino community. Okay, so let's get one thing straight. The reason that a growing number of Latinos are voting for Donald Trump, it's not because these Latino voters are rogue or stubborn. How insulting is that? As if Democrats and liberal TV pundits think all Latinos must vote a certain way based on their skin color and their heritage. That's called racial stereotyping, assuming a person is going to act a certain way because of the color of their skin. Here's the thing. Democrats don't know why more and more Latinos are voting for Donald Trump because Democrats don't listen. So here are five reasons why Latinos vote for Trump, and these are reasons Democrats ignore. Reason number one, legal immigrants do not like illegal aliens and illegal immigration because illegal immigration is unfair, and it hurts people who've waited in line, done the right thing, and come to the U.S. the right way. Democrats insult legal immigrants by siding with illegal aliens. That's the first reason. The second reason, Latino voters are socially conservative for the most part. Many are Catholic, pro-family, pro-life, and the Democratic Party champions abortion until the moment of birth. One of my good friends, Hertia, is a Democrat who refused to vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016 after Hillary went on the debate stage and defended late-term abortion. Reason number three, the economy is booming. That means jobs for everybody, prosperity and freedom. Latinos are also business owners. There are 4.6 million Latino-owned businesses in the United States right now. That's 14% of all businesses. And Democrat policies like high taxes and strangulating regulations hurt their businesses. Reason number four, Democrats like Bernie Sanders praise communist Cuban dictator Fidel Castro, who has destroyed millions and millions and millions of Latino lives in that nation. Many Latinos, especially in Florida, have family members who were either harmed or murdered by the Castro regime. They don't want that destructive, deadly communism here in the United States. Reason number five, Democrats play identity politics with Latino voters, insulting Latinos by assuming they vote one way because of their race or their heritage, which is rude, as if a booming economy is not a valid reason to vote for President Trump if your skin color is brown or black. That's insulting stereotyping, whether it's aimed at women, black voters, gay voters, young people, or Latino voters. It's a huge turnoff. And MSNBC just proved my point by saying these Latinos who don't toe the Democrat Party line are just stubborn, as if they're not real Latinos if they don't think the way Democrats tell them to think. But Democrats ignore all of this. Donald Trump does not. And that is why a growing population of Latinos in America supports President Trump. Let's not worry, my brother, in this world we're all the same. We must find peace. We must find it together. It's not far away from my heart. God of good vibration. All right, so I was talking about Teddy Roosevelt, and he... He wrote quite a bit about loyalty. If people want to come here, they need to become Americans, not something else, not a Muslim, not not try to do Sharia law, not try to uh, introduce Islam to America. Uh, this is about America. America was built on Christian philosophy. That's what's in our Constitution. And if people, it's interesting, people want to come over here because of our freedom, 
and our prosperity. Then they come over here and bring the same shithole ideas that they had back in wherever they came from, the Middle East, North Africa, or wherever, and their Muslim stupidity. And they want to recreate that here. Kill the golden goose, right? The goose laid the golden egg. Just kill that goose and still think they're going to get eggs. So Roosevelt said, we have room for but one flag. That's the American flag. Take your stinking flags down. I don't want to see your flags around here. I don't want to see any foreign flags. I, I'm fine with it. I go to Vietnam. There's communist flags all over. I don't go down there and tell them to take their flags down. They're pro- they, they fly those flags all over the place. Red flag with a gold star in it. It's their country. I, I just fit right in over there. I just get along. I obey the laws over there. I don't try to take my American flag over there and stick it, you know, sneak it around or stick up posters of American flag on it. And I don't want them to do that over here. It says, we have room for what, what, but one flag, the American flag. We have room for but one language, the English language. Back in the day, big companies, manufacturing plants would hire immigrants and teach them English. They'd put them to work, and then at night they would have English classes to help them learn the culture and the language of this of this country. We're not saying it's better than Italy or wherever you came from, Somalia. But if, if you don't want to leave Somalia and Italy behind and embrace American idealism, pack your crap and get out of here. It says we have room for but one language here, and that is the English language, and we have room for but one sole loyalty, and that is loyalty to the American people. You know, it's interesting to me when people like some of these folks we got in Congress right now that they got elected to Congress, they're Muslim, and every time you see them talking on television, they talk about how they hate this place. I, I think somebody I'd just grab them, beat them up, put them on an airplane, fly them back home, take the, take all their crap, throw it, throw it in the, uh, underneath the plane and, you know, just pack their stuff up for them and get them out of here. So, you know, what we have going on here in the United States has been going on for a long time. And the fact is they're more committed to this than, than, than people that love this country. The people that hate this country and want to come and turn it into some kind of communist or socialist country have been working at it since the beginning. Certainly the last hundred or so years with the public education system, it was turned over to a socialist who is basically trying to dumb down the population. If you send kids out that cannot read, uh, you can tell them anything and get away with it. Like the coronavirus is going to kill everybody. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But if you're stu- too stupid to critically think and sort stuff out, uh, you're going to get caught up in all kinds of drama, and the government can just take all your crap and, and eat your lunch and pop the sack on your forehead. But what's been going on here is a dumbing down. For 100 years, they've been working at socialism, introducing it through our education system, and they got it. They got it going on. Unless you want to pull your kids out, which I recommend, forget trying to reform the education system. Your kids are only young once. 
you're you're screwing your kids over by leaving them in our government schools. They are not they are not uh, doing what you think they're doing when the doors closed. They're teaching weird sexual stuff. They're saying that the the United States government is evil. It's racist. Uh, they do not believe in the Constitution. They don't teach the Constitution. They undermine the. They don't ever teach anything. They don't teach anything. Uh, the balance to uh, evolution. Evolution is the biggest crock of racism, and they won't even teach it as a theory. They teach it as if it's fact, and it's nonsense. It's total. I mean, future generations are going to look back and just laugh at how stupid the people were. Stupid, ignorant, manipulative, and propagandizing. It's dogma. Global warming, total crap, transgenderism, all these different genders, total nonsense. You would be better off having a teacher on LSD teach you than what they're teaching in these schools. You need to take your kids out of school. Some of the some people that are actual teachers did not want to teach their own kids at home. They didn't think they could do it. Now they regret it because their kids are damaged. Their kids are screwed over. Their kids can't think. I've actually seen kids come out of Chico State College, graduates. They got the graduation certificate. They cannot write. They cannot write. They write like probably we wrote in fifth grade. Not that I was a great writer, but at least I could write literate. You know, it was literate. My goodness. And and you actually have to pay fantastic amount of money to go to these schools. To me, we need to stand up for these things. I was talking to someone today, and, and she said that only 30%, you know, in this, I mean, how bad does it have to get in California to get anybody to really care? You say, oh, I care. No, you don't care. If you didn't go vote, you don't care anything. You don't care. You just want some everything to be handed to you. She said less than 30% of the registered voters actually went and cast a vote. How? I mean, I haven't missed a vote in in my whole life since I started voting. I, I just think it's disrespectful to our forefathers and to the millions of people that gave their lives for this country. You can't even go vote to uphold our Constitution. I think of my my uncle and my father, they were brothers, two of four brothers. The two older brothers were too old to go to the World War II, but my, the two younger brothers in the four-brother group, my father and his, his uh, brother, older brother, they went and served four years, one in the Army Air Corps and one in the Navy Seabees. And now... Now I'm his son and I'm going to turn around and I'm just going to let anybody take over this country that wants to after he spent all those years risking his life for this country. That's crazy. What what kind of people are you out there? What kind of people? Just like you're freaky. We we beat it up at Glad Tidings, Church of Glad Tidings. Register to vote and vote. Please vote. Will you please vote? You should vote. Can't you do it? Can't please vote. Change your life. Vote. Honestly, I would like to have a tally out there. I wish we could sort out who didn't vote. I just think, what are you people thinking? 
What kind of life are you living? You like are so ridiculous. Really sad. Really disappointing. Thirty per, under thirty percent. Don't the rest of uh, honestly, it just it's just disgusting. Just disgusting. One of the guys that worked his butt off <clears throat> is Monty Hecker. Trying to, I remember Monty, I, I met Monty, I think, or got to know Monty when he was fighting the Magnolia Ranch development out in Yuba County. And then he he fought for the repeal of the rip-off, the total theft of gas money and DMV money from the population. Remember Proposition 6? to repeal the gas tax. We should have just kicked their butt. You know why we didn't? Because you didn't vote. And now we're stuck with spending, each of us to spend thousands of dollars more a year just to have our cars and drive around and go back and forth to work and buy our groceries. But Monty has spearheaded one thing after another after another to try to turn this, because he's a conservative. He he served in the military, knows what it's like. He's got skin in the game, and he helps us do this podcast. He financially helps us, and, uh, you know, it's amazing. He's, they're looking for workers. They want workers, and they're out at Elite Universal Securities. He's got help wanted on his website, api-academy.com. Elite Universal Security, they're right here in Feather Boulevard, 5548 in Yuba County, and you can reach them at 530-749-0280. Go get yourself a job. They'll train you. You say, well, I don't know anything. So what? Everybody doesn't know anything. Everybody starts out stupid. That's what they call a baby. All they want is somebody to take care of them. That's called stupid, right? You're supposed to get over that. You know, when you're still 45 and you're crying and whining all the time and want somebody to feed you, that'd be retarded. That's what's called retarded. As a baby, we don't call them that. We just say they're a baby. That's all they know. So Monty will train you and put you to work as a guard. And you can go as far as you want. You can go to where you were packing a weapon, doing that type of deal, or going... You can go pacifist and not have a weapon on your hip. But they got jobs all the way up into Oregon, all the way down below Sacramento. Go to work. Go get a job. Get off your butt and go get a job. Monty also, uh, they got they do uh, concealed weapon permit classes a couple times a month. Call them up. Find out when they are. Go get yourself a a gun and learn how to use it. You might need to shoot somebody to take over this government. Forget target practicing and shooting squirrels. We're liable to shoot some bureaucrat who's trying to take our property. You realize, don't you, that that a huge amount of government oppression nowadays has nothing to do with your political representative. We've created a government that operates without any representation. They just go do stuff like the Environmental Protection Agency. Total, they, they're totally out of control. Trump, Trump would do everybody a favor if he had shut the thing down. 
So you can go take these classes, or if you need to recertify, somebody says, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. If you want to carry a concealed weapon, screw all that. I'm going to do it without all that stuff. I was just a friend of mine, a guy that lives just a few blocks down from me, stopped by. He was walking by the house, walking his dog the other day, and we we did a shout-out, and then he says, hey, I wanted to let you know I'm moving. My wife and I are moving. And I said, oh, yeah, where are you going? And he said, we're going to Oklahoma. I said, how'd you end up over there? He said, well, we went back there and visited for Christmas. And he said, we just liked it. He said, Lou, there's a lot more freedom back there. Can you imagine going to a place and you you live in America and you go to another part of America and you realize you don't have any freedom back where you came from? I mean, America used to be freedom. I used to pack a gun, walk right down east through East Marysville with a gun as a kid with with ammo over my shoulder, ammo, lots of ammo. And he said, Lou, you can open carry in Oklahoma. You just carry your gun just like back back in the day. You know, it used to be in California. It was open carry state. Now you can't. Now you now you got to go through all jumping through all kinds of hoops to buy ammo. I'm not going to do that. Screw these people. I'm going to go out. I'm going to buy it illegally. You think, oh, Lou, you know, you're you're like advocating all kinds of stuff. N- nothing that the founding fathers didn't do. At some point, you just say, you know something? Uh, you're treading all over our business. You're violating it. It, You know, I'm not violating the law. Those laws are viol- violating the law. Concealed weapon laws are not, they're not, uh, uh, they're in violation of our Constitution. They're infringing on our Constitution. You got it? Go read the thing. Telling you whether or not you can have a gun or not. Or how, or how you can carry it. Whether you can put it inside your shirt or outside your shirt. Or not neither. Screw those people. That's ridiculous. The, most of you people would surrender to communism including the Republican Central Committee. People got no backbone. You've lost your minds. You're mental. You need to turn the thing over to somebody else, even if it's just somebody that isn't even a Republican. You don't think square anymore. You're feeble-minded. talks about it in the Bible. It just happens to everybody. It's okay. It just, you know, at some point, you just got to face up to it and deal with it. Just like me, I replace my car parts, then I replace my body parts. Just, I take, I, I figured out a long time ago, you need to spend about as much money at least on your body as you do on your car. Just replace a starter over there and then replace your own starter in your body. Some of you over in the Central Committee need to just quit. Go out and do, guard, do gardening or something. You're just screwing things up. You're just messing stuff up. You know, you're you're a legend in your own mind. I think there's a time, you know, I notice in, uh, you know, we always look, a lot of us like to watch professional sports and stuff. And there's a time when it, when a sports figure is just fantastic. And then age catches up with everybody. And it's always kind of sad to see guys hang on beyond their time. They just need to know when to hang it up, put the bat back in the rack. And some of you need to hang it up and hang the back in the rack. You're just screwing things up. You don't know what you're doing. You're swinging and missing out there. All over the United States, you wonder, how come the Republican Party just isn't, like, booming? 
because you got people that are just a bottleneck. They're standing in the way of a, a red revolution. That's what they're doing. A red wave. People like freedom. But what we're doing in California is Republicans. You can't even listen until Trump came along. Who in the world out there was even doing anything to save a baby except talking about it, which didn't save Jack. He all these years since 1973 legalized abortion. Not one president could address a half a million people on Washington in the Washington Monument Square area about the importance of the life of a baby, basically condescending or uh, bowing before the whole thing of like, let's just kill our children. And like I say, I can relate to it because sometimes in my neighborhood, I just get pissed off at people and I think, it would be more convenient and easier on my career if I just eliminated you. Or some of these nutcases, I got some people dealing heroin in my alley. Just bugs me. I can hear the guy drop coming in here with his Harley Davidson dropping it off. I know exactly what's going on here. Sometimes I feel like just going out and shooting him off the back of his his uh his Harley. But then I think, well, maybe I could lead him to Jesus. Or I could give him an opportunity. I can send you there with a shotgun, or I could send you there by just asking Jesus to straighten you out and quit dealing heroin in our community. This bugs me. But God got a hold of me. I was in that case like that, so somebody didn't shoot me. But I understand the idea of like, hey, putting me first. Kids in my way, little babies in my way, so I'm just going to eliminate them. Persons in my way. Parks in my parking space all the time, bugging me, throwing garbage over my yard, bugging me, right? Jesus says I need to just get over it, so I'm working at it, so I don't shoot people, right? But, I, but I'm just saying I understand the whole concept. I'm, I understand the whole concept. I get what these women are saying. They said, hey, that kid was in the way of my career, and I didn't want the stretch marks and a lot of those other things. I was looking hot, and I didn't want to be bothered by it. I ain't having no kids that goof me up. I'm with you. So anyway, I just want to thank Monty Hecker and Elite Universal Security for helping me out. And uh, we're going to keep on keeping on until we can't keep on no more. If I get feeble-minded, I'm quitting. I am not going to sit around and have people point fingers at me and say, Lou, you were just, you're a drag on the system here. You're a drag on the system. Nickel and dime, people think, oh, I'm really sacrificing over here at the Republican Central Committee. Come on, man. You guys are a joke. All right. Um, I wanted to go over, when we come back, I'm going to go over some Trump accomplishments, which I just think I've never seen anything like it. I've been watching presidents since Dwight David Eisenhower. Right after World War II, he was our next president, and I've been watching him, and nobody has done what Trump's done. And I don't care whether you, what flavor you are, politician, political party or politician. Uh, the th for, for a lot of these folks, I mean, if a Barack Obama would have done these things, I'd have been all for old Barack Obama because they help people. These things actually help people. 
So uh, let's see, where are we now? We're going to take start our third deal. Oh, let's see, two, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to play you a rather long clip, but you're going to like it. And uh, it's by Larry Elder. And, you know, they this is supposedly Black History Month, which is a big crock. But he says what most experts aren't telling you are not telling you during Black History Month. This is all the, the foolish, nonsense baloney that blacks are shoveling. Uh, not all blacks, but, I mean, the black leadership in this country, a bunch of charlatans making money off keeping the pot stirred up of racism. We'll be right back. As for Black History Month, I'm not a fan. I'm with actor Morgan Freeman on this one. Black History Month you find ridiculous. Why? You're going to relegate my history to a month? Oh, come on. What do you do with yours? Which month is White History Month? (laughs) Well, well, come on, tell me. Well, I'm Jewish. Okay. Which month is Jewish History Month? Uh, There isn't one. Oh, Oh, why not? Yeah. Do you want one? No, no. No, I, 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 I don't either. I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. Now, maybe Black History Month wouldn't be so bad if they actually taught black history. Here are a few things that blacks are misled about. Slavery, gun control, and the minimum wage. First, slavery. Now, when I studied slavery in high school, I assumed the way a lot of people do that slavery was something that just happened to black people in Africa. Uh, one of the sad things is that we, we talk in this country as if slavery was something unique to the United States or to blacks and whites. Uh, and in point of fact, slavery was one of the oldest institutions among human beings. They go back as far as there is recorded history. And in every single part of the world, Polynesians enslaved other Polynesians. For most of history, People enslaved people who were the same race as themselves for the simple reason that they simply didn't have the resources to go to another continent and take people from another continent and move, and move them en masse someplace else. Now, slavery could not have happened without the complicity of African chieftains who sold Africans not just to European slavers, but to Muslim slavers as well. But when white captains came offering manufactured goods, weapons, and rum for slaves, African kings and merchants had little reason to hesitate. They viewed the people they sold not as fellow Africans, but criminals, debtors, or prisoners of war from rival tribes. By selling them, kings enriched their own realms and strengthened them against neighboring enemies. African kingdoms prospered from the slave trade, but meeting the Europeans' massive demand created intense competition. Slavery replaced other criminal sentences and capturing slaves became a motivation for war, rather than its result. To defend themselves from slave raids, neighboring kingdoms needed European firearms, which they also bought with slaves. The slave trade had become an arms race, altering societies and economies across the continent. Did you know that Muslim slavers took more blacks out of Africa than did European slavers? The Muslim slave trade began centuries earlier and continued long after the European slave trade ended. Slavery, yes, during the 9th up to the 13th century, slavery was still very much a 
an, uh, an Islamic phenomenon as compared to the West. Uh, of course, there was ancient slavery in many other societies, but in terms of chattel slavery, in terms of slavery as an institution uh, that was uh, profitable, uh, that was very much still uh, an, an Arab Islamic preserve until the West came in uh, sometime from the uh, 15th, 16th century onwards. Just how extensive was this Arab Muslim slave trade of Africans? But slavery was a very important part of Islamic expansion in West Africa, and in fact in the Sudan, and, and from the very earliest period of Islamic uh, penetration into Africa. They, it, was, it started by uh, buying, purchasing slaves and trading in slaves, and then it went on from purchasing to, uh, to raiding for slaves and capturing slaves uh, deliberately, uh, especially mainly black Africans, uh, and transporting them into, the, into North Africa and into, the, uh, into Saudi Arabia, the Arabian Peninsula, and on was to the Ottoman Empire, to, to Turkey. So slavery was a very endemic part of Islamic in interaction with Africa. And in West Africa, the jihad period of the, 19th, the 18th and 19th century uh, involved massive uh, slave raiding and slave trading. And many of the slaves that were captured and sent uh, and sold and taken into the, the transatlantic slave trade, uh, most of those who were doing the raiding at the time were Muslim communities uh, because they were the dominant tribes. So a lot of that happened. That is not to say that non-Muslim communities were involved in trading, in raiding, but the dominant tribes were the Muslim communities that were doing the raiding at the time. Now, I've heard that Muslim slavers and Muslim slave owners treated slaves better than did European slavers and European and American slave owners. But is that true? One of the themes I explored in my book is this perception that Muslims treated their slaves much more humanely than the Western uh, slave trade. And uh, what I found out in my own research was that that is not necessarily the case, and that there were very harsh treatments of slaves uh, by Muslim groups. Uh, it was just a done deal at the time. And one of the key uh, uh, differences I, I looked at in my book uh, that was that whereas slaves in taken to the West, were able to marry and reproduce and have their families, and you can still find large populations of African Americans today in, in, North, in North America and in the Caribbean, you, you go to the Islamic world and you find very few uh, black uh, remnants of the slave, the slave trade, which was very massive. And the, one of the reasons is that uh, many of the male black slaves taken into the Islamic world were castrated as eunuchs, which meant that they could not, of course, repro reproduce. And the other factor is that many of the women were taken as concubines by their slave masters, and they, they gave birth to mixed uh, races, uh, and they were very much absorbed into the society. So you don't have black uh, slave uh, uh, and, uh, kind of... Uh, descendants in the Muslim world as you would in North America. And part of the reason is the castration and the way the slaves were treated. Now, slavery ended in the West, in America, not until after the Civil War. But what about the Arab Muslim slave trade? When did it end? In fact, has it ended? Slavery persisted in Islamic countries 
far, far longer than it did in the West. The West abolished slavery long before the Islamic countries ever abolished slavery. And they did so under a lot of pressure from colonial governments and from Western governments and from uh, all kinds of activist groups. And in fact, the, the Saudi Arabia, for instance, abolished slavery in 1961 or 1960 thereabout, whereas Mauritania abolished slavery in 1981. And these were done on paper, and a lot of it uh, is still being done. In practice, there are still a lot of slaves in, in Muslim countries. And the Sudan, during the civil war, there was a lot of slave raiding going on uh, done by the Arab Muslims in the north uh, against the, the animists and the Christian uh, Africans in the south. So even up to the 90s and the, this century, there was still capturing of young African men, uh, boys in the Sudan for sale. Uh, so slavery continues, even though it has been abolished on paper in many Muslim countries. Now gun control. Liberals, especially those living in the inner city where crime is high, often demand further gun control legislation. We fought a good fight earlier this year, but we came up short. And that means we've got to get back up and go back at it, because as long as there are those who fight to make it as easy as possible for dangerous people to get their hands on guns, then we've got to work as hard as possible for the sake of our children. We've got to be ones who are willing to do more work to make it harder. Are black students taught that the gun control movement began in this country as a means to make sure newly freed black slaves did not get their hands on guns? In the most infamous Supreme Court decision ever, Dred Scott, the Supreme Court Justice Roger Taney said, if blacks are anything other than chattel property, my, why, 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 they may be able to get their hands on guns. It was a horrible, racist, Southern Democrat judge named Roger Taney, and he determined that Dred Scott could not count for more than three-fifths of a person. Why? Because Dred Scott couldn't have a firearm. In fact, Judge Taney later noted, and this is in a chapter in my first book, Hands Off My Gun, that in order for him to give Dred Scott full citizenship and count him as an actual law-abiding American, that meant that Dred Scott would have the, quote, full liberty to have and to bear arms. And Judge Taney couldn't have that. Next, Democrats love, love, love them some minimum wage, don't they? Tom Steyer wants a higher minimum wage. The billionaire says that he would propose paying workers at least $22 an hour if he wins the White House. Steyer floated the idea yesterday during a campaign stop in South Carolina. Now, during Black History Month, are black students taught that the minimum wage movement in this country began as a means to make sure that blacks who are willing to work for less did not take jobs away from whites who are unwilling to work for less? By the 1960s, many African Americans were employed as farmers. This changed in 1967 when the government extended the minimum wage laws to American farmers as part of the war on poverty. Black farmers who were accustomed to making a modest $3.50 per day were now legally required to be paid $1 per hour, a tremendous increase in wages. The effect of this law was immediate and undeniable. An estimated 25,000 farm workers were put out of work in the Mississippi Delta alone. Black farmers were not oblivious to the cause and effect. That dollar an hour ain't worth nothing, said the wife of one day laborer. It would have been better if it had been 50 cents a day if you work every day. 50 cents per day, of course, was a lower wage than what her husband would have been earning prior to the law. 
Her point was clear. The federal minimum wage law destroyed their ability to earn a living. End of quote. The first minimum wage law in our country was the Davis-Bacon Act of 1931. And the Davis-Bacon Act says that all workers in federally funded or federally assisted construction projects must be paid the prevailing wage. And if you look on page 6513 of the congressional record <laughs> on March 31st, 1931, you'll, you'll see congressional testimony where congressmen will say, see that contract over there? He brings cheap colored labor up from the South, puts them in cabins, and it's labor of that sort that has to compete, that white Americans are competing against. One of the things that my friends on the left think is just grand is the minimum wage. And 100 years ago, the minimum wage came into being in the United States, state by state. And its declared purpose was to keep immigrants, women, blacks, and Chicanos out of the labor force, to drive them out entirely. Mm -hmm. Newspaper editorials, the economics profession, they all said, oh boy, this is good for the Anglo-Saxon race. Thus, the consequences of minimum wage rates have been almost wholly bad to increase unemployment and to increase poverty. Moreover, the effects have been concentrated on the groups that the do-gooders would most like to help. The people who have been hurt most by minimum wage laws are the blacks. I have often said that the most anti-Negro law on the books of this land is the minimum wage rate. <laughs> I'm Larry Elder, and we've got a country to save. I'll see you next time. What kind of woman is this, my baby? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So I want to talk about Donald Trump. And um, if you sat through and watched some of these presidential uh, <clears throat> campaigns over the last however many years you've been around, uh, you'll remember all the different promises. Maybe you don't remember the exact promises, but you remember these politicians. They say this, that, and they promise this and that. I'm for this. I'm for that. I'm standing for this. I'm fighting for this. I'm resisting this. And uh, they then, then years down the road, you forget about it, and you don't really know what they accomplished, if anything, except just run the system and go along with the bureaucracy, the swamp. And so... Uh, Every once in a while, I go back on YouTube and watch all the people throw a fit and mock. Uh, the mocking of the uh, liberals is amazing. There's no one that can mock. And uh, the Bible talks a lot about mocking. It's interesting. It's a very nefarious, evil, snide, slimy uh, type of a behavior, mocking. But you can sense it. Uh, it's a very uh, haughty, it's a haughty would go along, haughtiness, a, a looking down the nose. That's a, a very prideful thing. The Bible says a f a pride goes before a fall. It uh, condemns being haughty and snide and all those kind of things and pompous. And that's liberalism. And um, so the, <clears throat> the real ugly... Uh, you know, they all were kissing, uh, kissing Trump's butt. 
when they wanted his money before he ran for office. Once he ran for office, they just mocked him as a fool. They mocked him as a fool. And that's, you know, the interesting thing is you really know what people think about you uh, when they come at you like that. It's like, oh, yeah, well, what? how come you treat me this way now when you wanted all my money and you were all being nice to me? And it just shows you the, the evil hypocrisy. It isn't just people being fickle. It's evil, people. It's evil. When you're when you are fraudulent, when you're a fake, uh, when you're a liar, you're evil. That's what that is. That's coming out of you, right? The Bible says what comes out of a man is the thing that corrupts him, not what goes into the man. So uh, the Trump administration has, he laid out his vision and and he's accomplishing it. We, we aren't even into, we got plenty of time here to go until the uh, election. And he's, it's unbelievable. He's got pages and pages of accomplishments. And it isn't just paper accomplishments or philosophical accomplishments. It's people actually being better, better off in life. For instance, four million jobs created <clears throat> since his election. Four million. I don't care where we started or whether you want to give Obama credit somewhere, somewhere. I, it doesn't make any. It's just foolish. But the fact is, under his administration, he didn't go out and create the jobs. He created the environment that people could make those jobs happen. Expansions, factories moving back here. Government can't create a job. It just creates jobs that nobody does anything and produces anything. Four million new jobs. More Americans are now employed than ever recorded before in human history. And the population isn't really going up in the United States. Created, they've created more than 400,000 manufacturing jobs since Trump's election. Remember that town hall meeting where Obama says, what does he think he's going to do, wave a wand? You can't just make up jobs. Well, Trump, he the thing with Obama, he just didn't know his butt from a hole in the ground. He just let people poke it. He thought that's what his butt was for. But he never, he couldn't even, Obama couldn't spell manufacturing. He's never worked. How would he know how to create business and create something from nothing? Manufacturing jobs growing at his fastest rate in more than three decades. Economic growth last quarter hit 4.2%. In eight years, Obama struggled to get any growth. New unemployment claims recently hit a 49-year low. People... These translate into people doing better in life. That means everybody that wants a job pretty much can get a job. That's a good thing. It's much more than just money. It, it's about self-esteem. It's about integrity. It's about having pride in yourself. Instead of, you know, one of the worst things you can do is, is make people subsistent or dependent on the government. They lose all kinds of self-esteem, pride, uh, they lose their dignity that they got to go around. And I remember when people used to, before EBT cards, people would come and wait. I have a PO box at the, uh, at the post office and I'd go down there and pick up my mail. And at feeding time, when they went to deliver the, the, fill the trough, all the people would stand and just wait around the courthouse and, 
It was like a little community meeting there waiting for the checks to be put in their P.O. box or general delivery. The handout, the big handout, it's like a soup line. Who thinks that's good for people? If you think that's good for people, you've lost your mind. Median household income has hit the highest level ever recorded. That's not good, Democrats, liberals. Median household income. That's not average income, folks. Median means the income right in the middle from the lowest to the highest. That median household income has never been highest in recorded history. African-American, or I would just say black, because I don't like hyphenized words. If you if you if you think you're more African than American, then get the hell out of here. African American unemployment has recently achieved the lowest rate ever recorded. Isn't that good? Mexicans that are up here became citizens. Unemployment is at the lowest record ever recorded. That's not impressive to you, liberal Mexicans. Not impressive? You don't care? I thought you cared about all your brown people. I thought you black dudes cared about all your black people. Oh, we're brothers. Oh, yeah, we got your back. You don't got nobody's back. You don't got anybody. You don't got Jack. You don't got anything. You're a bunch of hot air, a bunch of crap. Slinging baloney. You never cared about people. Liberals don't care about people. They just they just want them to vote for them. They're just little hookers. They're they're in they're in favor. That's why I can't. I don't know why there's a big deal about sex trafficking. Liberals been trafficking people from the very beginning, and then give them a little chimp chump chains handouts by a little prostitute a cheese sandwich and keep her on the hook. Asian American unemployment recently achieved the lowest rate ever recorded. Women's unemployment rate. Lowest rate in 65 years. Youth unemployment rate recently hit the lowest rate in nearly half a century. Wasn't too long ago because all the stupid union-driven regulations driving kids out of jobs that we used to get. We used to drive flatbed trucks. We used to drive forklifts. We used to drive all kinds of tractors. And we were 16 years of age, 15 years of age. Now you can't do that because of the unions. You think unions are good for you? They screw people. They screw young people out of great jobs where they can learn how to work work and be proud of what they're doing, earn their living instead of getting handouts, letting their parents buy their little iPhone. No wonder we got so much bunch of pussies out there. You got the boys acting like girls and the girls acting like boys. Lowest unemployment rate ever recorded for Americans without a high school diploma. Actually, most of you don't even need a high school diploma. If you've got reading, writing, and arithmetic down, just go to work. Go get a welding certificate or something. Go to work. You know, when the country's thriving, people just have jobs and people can go make money. You don't need to go to four-year school. It's the biggest, it's been the biggest crock and biggest lie and biggest deception and it's been a scam. You know who, who profited by that? Professors who do do hardly anything and get paid over way more than they should. Under, under Trump administration, 
veterans unemployment recently reached its lowest rate in nearly 20 years. You remember all the excuses and whining from the Obama administration about veterans. Just throw those guys under the bus and gals. Almost 3.9 million Americans have been lifting off food stamps since his election. 3.9 million. Who in the world is proud of going and having somebody else buy their food for them? You're 25, you're 35, you're 45, you're 55. You can't even buy your own tuna and bread. You can't even afford to buy, feed yourself. What kind of what kind of parents would be proud of anybody who can't feed themselves? If your both legs got cut off or you're retarded or you can't think straight, I got you. We'll cover that. But a healthy individual with pride can go and take his EBT card. A lot of them going and using those EBT cards. I bet they're using them out here at the casino. It's totally. There's so much fraud and so much ripoff and people selling their EBT cards. It just, it's just nonsense. It's total nonsense. Some of these foreign uh, owners of these quick marts and stores scamming the government out of tens of millions of dollars buying paying off those uh buying ebt cards for 50 cents on the dollar just a total scam of the government we need to get totally out of the welfare business we need to shut down welfare completely food stamps out WIC out section 8 housing out put people to work figure out their own money teach them how to manage their money Teach him how to speak English, for God's sake. The Trump administration, it says, is committed to vocational education. Pledge to American workers has resulted in employers committing to train more than 4 million Americans. 95% of the U.S. manufacturers are optimistic about the future. 95% people. You think this is just campaign hoke? It isn't. It's like stuff that's helping. Every one of these things is people helping. Signed the, he signed the biggest package of tax cuts and reforms in the history of the United States. After tax cuts, over $300 billion poured back into the United States of America in the first quarter alone. Money that was brought back here that was stashed overseas because of the egregious tax rates here. As a result of the tax uh, bill, small businesses will have the lowest top marginal tax rate in more than 80 years. And you know what we're doing in California? We're raising it. Raise, 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 raise. Socialist, socialist, social. We love Venezuela. We love Cuba. Nuts. <clears throat> the Trump administration helped win U.S.'s bid for the 2028 Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. Do you remember... When Obama tried to win the Olympics, was it for Chicago, and got shut down? The guy's just a big weenie. Such a sissy. Trump helped win U.S.-Mexico-Canada-United bid for the 2026 World Cup. Opened the Anwar and approved in other words, he developed, opened the territories for more oil exploration while Gavin Newsom, Mr. Tampon Queen, Gavin, slick hair, uses a quart of motor oil every every morning in his hair. 
and then and then carries a tampon in his pocket just to remind him what he set the people free, he set those vaginas free out there so they could go get it and not be so expensive. All right, so we're going to take a break here, and we're halfway through the the, uh, the show today, but hang in there. We've got lots of interesting stuff to talk about yet. Be right back. lose weight without drugs, pills, or human rights? Then come to Venezuela, the most effective weight loss solution in history. Other diets are unrealistic. Regardless of how hard you try, your country still has food. But thanks to an ancient Soviet secret, we found a way. Here's how. Our government price controls lead, as they always do, to food shortages, leaving you unable to eat late at night, or most other times. Gee, that sounds great. But won't I miss America? Please, we have plenty in common. You'll still find yourself standing in line for the latest release at the Apple Store. Like ESPN, we've gotten rid of some on-air talent, and we might be getting a Cracker Barrel. Look, there it is! I'm a journalist. Is Venezuela right for me? Of course! We've created designated free speech zones just for you. You won't believe how many calories you'll burn. Recycling, doing CrossFit and taking community walks. Isn't that a violent protest? No, they're shooting a Pepsi commercial. Oh, that makes sense. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to one of our success stories. We have no toilet paper, but it's okay because we have no food. (laughs) When God closes a door, he opens a window. There is pie on window? Learn how you can go from this to this. From this to this. From this... Well, what they've created in Venezuela is a socialist paradise. To this. What you had in Venezuela wasn't technically socialism. It was, um, Chavezism. Venezuela. Try it today. No. Liberals say that abortion is safe. That it's simple. That there's no reason to require abortion clinics to have admitting privileges with a local hospital because nothing will ever go wrong. But before you blindly accept that, here are a few names and faces that you should know. And spoiler alert, every single one of these women had an abortion. And every single one of them is dead. The left is up in arms this week over a Louisiana abortion law that's made its way to the Supreme Court. Now, the law doesn't actually address abortion access at all, but it does require that abortion clinics in Louisiana have admitting privileges to a nearby hospital in case of a medical emergency that they can't handle. Now, of course, abortion supporters who talk about terminating unborn babies' lives like it's a spring break vacation say that there's no reason for an abortion clinic to need hospital agreements because abortion is always safe. And of course, women never bleed out and die from it, which is weird because here are a few. In 2006, 21-year-old Denise Crow sought an abortion at 16 weeks pregnant at the Severna Park Abortion Clinic in the Baltimore area, where a doctor administered too much anesthesia and failed to give her enough oxygen. She died two hours later, leaving behind a three-year-old son who family members say remained traumatized from his mother's death for years. 
24-year-old Tanya Reeves bled to death following a second trimester surgical abortion at a Planned Parenthood in Illinois in 2012. A wrongful death lawsuit filed by her family claims the staff at the Planned Parenthood clinic carelessly performed the elective abortion and failed to properly monitor and assess her condition after the procedure. The next year, 29-year-old Jennifer Morbelli died following a botched abortion performed when she was 33 weeks pregnant after amniotic fluid spilled into her bloodstream. Her abortionist, Leroy Carhart, continues to provide late-term abortions out of his Maryland clinic to this day. Cree Irwin Shepard stumbled into the emergency room at Bronson Battle Creek Hospital on July 2nd, 2016, vomiting and in extreme pain. She told doctors she'd had an abortion at a Michigan Planned Parenthood just two days before. She was given morphine and anti-nausea pills. Within 48 hours, she was dead. An autopsy revealed that she died of a blood clot and complications from pieces of her dead baby having been left in her uterus. This isn't just a U.S. problem. 31-year-old Aisha Chathira died just hours after having an abortion at 22 weeks at a clinic in England after an abortionist tore her uterus during the procedure. She began vomiting and fainting after the abortion but was told she couldn't stay in the clinic. So she left for her cousin's house where she later died from massive internal hemorrhaging. The abortionist who screwed up the procedure was charged with manslaughter, but those charges were eventually dropped. A 32-year-old woman died after having a surgical abortion at a clinic in Santa Cruz, Italy in 2017. She was taken to the recovery room after the procedure where she simply stopped breathing. I could keep going, but that would make this video really, really long, and I think you get the point. Abortion is not the simple, straightforward procedure that the left would have you believe. It's not, in fact, like pulling a tooth. On top of the fact that it leaves at least 50% of its victims dead, abortion is a dangerous, unnatural, invasive procedure. Early in pregnancy, it requires that a woman take powerful drugs that force her body to miscarry, often painfully, and at home where medical help is not available in case of an emergency. Women have died from that, too. After a baby is too big to pass on a bathroom floor, abortion requires a doctor to force open a woman's cervix and pull her baby out in pieces before scraping the inside of her uterus clean to make sure they get everything. Sometimes they don't. A late-term abortion like ones performed in Carhartt's office involved poisoning the baby to kill it in the womb, then delivering it dead. That is abortion. Don't believe me? You can watch one on YouTube. That's the simple procedure that the left doesn't want women to know about because they still want to peddle the myth that you just go to sleep and the inanimate little clump of cells disappears in a puff of unicorn dust. They don't want abortion clinics to have admitting privileges to hospitals because they don't want to admit how nasty and violent abortion actually is. They don't want you to know the names and faces of women who have died after safely aborting their child any more than they want you to know what their baby looked like. But here's the thing. You can chant about women's rights and threaten SCOTUS justices and hold up all the cardboard signs that you want, but it does not make abortion any more safe. It does not make an unborn baby any less human, and it doesn't make any of these women any less dead. When I get home, I found About this, Trump is providing more affordable health care options for Americans through association health plans and short-term duration plans. Obamacare didn't work, folks. Out.
my friends, I'm off all that stuff now. In fact, I went without health care for quite a while until I got to the uh, where they put you on Medicare because of your age, because I'm almost 100. So, but my friends spend a couple hundred, couple thousand bucks a month for their family. It's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous that the government isn't so, so involved in health care that they're screwing it up and causing all these high costs. But I'm going to stay on this Trump thing. He signed the right to right to try legislation. He reformed the Medicare program to stop hospitals from o- overcharging low income seniors on their drugs. Help, 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 help. Fix, 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 fix. Help people get on their feet. Help people keep more of their money. All things that the Democrats do not want. They want to take all your money and manage your money, and they will spend all your money and tell you how much food you're going to get and help. In, like your experience at the DMV, all my friends when I talk about the DMV said, Lou, just drive over to drive to this town, drive to Grass Valley, drive to Oroville, drive to Calusa, drive up to Redding. I thought, what kind of system is it where you got to drive an hour, half hour, two hours, three hours to go to a DMV when you, you're not going to have a, a traumatizing experience? That's the kind of government we got in California. It's crazy. He says we've reduced the high dose opiate prescriptions by 16%. Listen, the only, guy's only been in power three, three years, secured $6 billion in new f- funding to fight the opioid epidemic. Here's what I like. I love this. Remember the Obama administration? They had perverts, actual perverts, molesters working for the federal government, sex registrants. Well, that's all right. They're not going to molest no old dude. So let those perverts, little limp-wristed perverts, run around in you know tight little butts ridiculous so embarrassing so humiliating people these v- these vets ought to be getting the best care from the sharpest people not a bunch of people are going to slip off in the bathroom and bang each other at noon signed he signed the VA choice act what took so long what took bush so long you got 16 years of bushes what a waste of time the bush family Total junk operation. At least Clinton entertained us. Signed the VA Choice Act and VA Accountability Act. Expanded the VA telehealth services. Walk-in clinics and same-day urgent primary and mental health care. Those dirty dogs, those people ran the VA. Remember those guys that signed themselves bonuses? Why they ditched the files of all these VA guys and they waited and waited and waited until they dropped dead and got them off their lists. In China, this is why what I like about China sometimes. There's things I don't like about China. You know what I like about them? When they take people like that out and shoot them. They just take people out and shoot them. Some of these people that tried to do a coup on, on Trump, McCabe, Comey, Mueller, they're not patriots. They're not honest people. They should be get taken out and shot. Strzok, Page, Orr, the Orr family, all these people. 
You think, oh, it was just a couple bad apples. Brennan, Clapper, then a couple bad apples. I'd take the whole bunch out and shoot them. They're criminals. They're traitors to the country. They're not patriots. Just because they're liberals doesn't mean they're patriots. They're trying to overthrow the country. This is not just a difference of opinion back there. It is not just a difference of opinion. It's not a difference of a philosophy. These people are socialists. Clapper is a communist. Bernie Sanders is a communist. How about this? He increased our coal exports by 60%. U.S. oil production recently reached its all-time high. Do you remember how many tens of thousands? I'm talking like, I'm thinking 60,000 coal miners went, lost their jobs. And you know what Obama told them? They're going to retrain them in IT. Oh, great. Mr. Bang everybody in the butt. Oh, yeah, that's, Mr., you got it. You're really thinking straight. Mr. Cigarette Smoker, oh, yeah, you're cool. Run around the girly pants. United States is a net natural gas exporter for the first time since 1957. That just, none of this happened by accident, people. Withdrew the United States from the job-killing Paris Climate Accord. Canceled the illegal anti-coal so-called clean power plan. You know, I get a kick out of it. All these people, oh, yeah, well, China, they're really into green and clean. Honestly, people, you're not only stupid, you're deranged. You need to to buy a ticket, and you could probably get a cheap ticket to China right now uh, and go there and and train across China and see all the stinking coal mills everywhere. They're built there. They, some people say they're open up a coal mill a day, a coal mine or mill, whatever you want to call it, milling coal, whatever you do. And Trump turned around and put all those tens of thousands of Pennsylvania coal miners and Virginia coal miners back to work. And we got Gavin Newsom. I don't want. I don't like. I don't like natural gas. I don't like coal. I don't like anything fossil fuel. I want to. I want to chop birds up for a living. And then I want to like hold a tampon in my hand. Makes me feel good at night. Just hold a tampon and say, "We didn't tax it." Or other vaginal health care stuff that we now have set women free. We delivered them. From vagina tax. Well, who do you think taxed their vaginas in the first place? It was the Democrats. Because they want to tax anything. I always say over there in China, I was over there during the SARS, right in the middle of the SARS thing. And uh, I went in a restaurant one night and there was a cat. There was this kind of wolf, not a wolf, but a fox looking cat. And I said, oh, what, what's that there? He said, oh, we, if you want that, we'll cook it for you. And I said, what is it? He's, I said, it's a civet cat. I, it turned out the civet cat, a sick civet cat, was the thing that somebody ate for dinner over there in one of those China deals. And uh, got that's how SARS started. But I saw one of those civet cats, got a real pointy nose like a fox. But uh, But here, you know, we just, in the United States, you know, China is they they are all talk and they don't do anything green. And everybody compares it to China, compares us to the health care of Cuba. 
I thought, you know, the thing is, nobody is doing health care tourism flying to Cuba. Let me tell you about that. They are to Thailand. They are to Thailand. And I've gotten some medical work done in Vietnam. That's that's called health care tourism. But no one, I'm not flying down to Cuba to get my teeth worked on or my eyes worked on or my shoulder MRI'd, not going to Cuba. Crazy. These people are such such nutcases. All right. I'm telling you the list just goes on and on and on, but I'm going to tell you it because a lot of you, in you just miss it. We rebuilt the military in three years under Donald Trump. $700 billion in military funding. Obama sucked the, so much money out of it, we couldn't even keep the planes in the air. Of course, you know, his plane, Air Force One, had plenty of repairs done to it. He didn't, he didn't go short on it. You know, we got the NATO allies, so we were getting ripped off. You know, it's somebody, it was like somebody sucking out of your bank account. NATO allies agreed to spend a certain percentage of their gross domestic product in military to defend themselves. And they just cheated on it, cheated on us and ripped us off. We were played for punks for years, decades, through both the Bushers, Bushes all the way back till NATO, you know, after the World War II. They're now spending $69 billion more on defense since just 2016 when Trump took over. You think, oh, he, they hate him over there. I don't care whether they hate Trump. I don't care whether the whole world, world hates Trump. I don't, you know, people, well, I don't, I don't like the way his hair is. Well, I, I don't like the color of his skin. I, I'm fascinated. Everybody's on Trump for being orange. Why didn't people get on Obama for being black? Why can't we talk about Obama's color? Why don't we talk about Obama's ears or his kinky hair? Or his like little tight ass with his little girly legs. Can't talk about any of that, but we got to talk about Trump, Trump, Trump. I don't, you know, I've never, I never met a president. And uh, I think I met one senator once, a United States senator. I don't really care what their personality is. I don't think they should molest kids. How about that? Or rape women. That gets on my bad side. But if they're weird, I don't really care weird. Just do the right thing that I agree with. My policies, right? What I think. Quit killing kids, right? Let's put people to work. Help people earn their own living. Nobody thrives when somebody else is buying their food and cooking their food for them and got to pay for their... You know, I had a gal. I liked her. She, I met her in juvenile hall. She went and married a gangbanger, had a bunch of kids, her kids, their kids, his kids, I don't know. Anyway, they were always on Section 8 housing. I thought, this is pitiful. They pay $50 for a house, it's $900. What I thought, every time I went over there, I thought, how come I got to pay for this house? Why don't you pay for this house? You want to live in a house, pay for it. You don't want to live in a house, live, some, live out under the stars. That's cheap. That's cheaper. Why should I pay for all these people's houses? Why should I pay for refugees coming into this country? I didn't vote for bring refugees here. I didn't. I didn't vote to create all this welfare. Why don't you let churches handle the welfare and then they'll hold people accountable? The state, the county doesn't hold people accountable for welfare. Trump 
withdrew us from the horrible one-sided Iran deal. Total loser deal. I mean, you move the U.S. Embassy. How many presidents do you have to go through who says, if I'm elected president, the first thing I'm going to do in the first day or the first hundred days is move the embassy to Jerusalem. And they would get a bunch of Jewish votes. Then they wouldn't do it. Trump did it. Trump just did a lot of things that other presidents pretend they're going to do. We issued, remember the order that Obama was going to issue and all the liberals got so angry it never happened. He's going to shut down in Guantanamo Bay. And if this doesn't, if this isn't symbolic of Trump's presidency, he passed an order, executive order, to keep Guantanamo Bay open. That just shows we're 180 degrees different than Barack, Barack Obama. Oh, let's see what good. I'm skipping through some of them. Impose tariffs on foreign steel and aluminum, or as some of you said, aluminum, to protect our national security. Idiots say, Oh, Trump is going to cause a war, a tr- tariff war. There, there, the reason is there was no war before because we just surrendered and let China do whatever they want. They could put 100% tariffs on our products going into their place, and then we didn't charge them hardly anything for their products coming into our place. Trump says we want a f- level playing field. If you want us to buy your products, then you have to buy our products. That's called, in in the Democrats, they call that a war. No, that's just called negotiation uh, and fair trade. That's fair. Fair trade, right? That means if you're going to charge me a little, little bitty tariff, then I'm just going to charge you a little bitty tariff, right? Right now, we've just brought in a bajillion billions of dollars on all these tariffs we char- car- charge China because they've just been jerking us around too long. And we finally had a guy that's got, actually, when they look between his legs, he's one of the few guys that had anything hanging down there lately. The rest of them boys all been castrated. Or they got never did drop. Improved vetting and screening for refugees and switch focus to overseas resettlement. You know what that means? That means forget coming to America for asylum. We'll rebuild your country. Stay where you are. Have a happy. You want to be a Muslim? Be a Muslim over there. Run around and ch- shout all your baloney five times a day. Uh, you know, have your Sharia law. Cut cut the vaginas of your gals. Go screw all the other women and let the, then kill the gals when they do it. Come on, man. I had some guy, some, one of my friends told me, ran into this Muslim dude, this white Muslim dude. He said, oh, that Lou Benninger, he's a, he's a bigot. I don't even know what he's talking about. If you're talking about concerned about Muslim wanting to come over and kill people that aren't, serve, aren't, aren't wanting to convert to Islam, I'm, I'm a bigot. Yeah, I don't know what that even means to him, but I, I am not going to put up with people doing stupid stuff like that. I'm going to hunt them down myself if I... If I need to, I'll I'll be part of that and not putting up with that baloney. 
We have begun building the wall. Republicans want strong borders and no crime. Well, I don't even know about Republicans. I know Donald Trump wants strong borders, no crime. I don't think the Republicans can find their policy with both hands. Democrats want open borders and massive crime. Democrats want you to be so vulnerable that you'll just turn over your every dollar and all your brain to them to make all the decisions for you. They want you on life support and you have signed the power of attorney over to the Democrats. Now I wanted to read this. I've read this before. It's a, it's a poem called the battling boys of Benghazi. And it popped up on my Facebook feed here a while back. And it just, you know, we just tend to forget these things. And it reminded me of the, how God awful the Trump administration perverted. But what really disgusts me is when people like Eric Holder or somebody like that says, we were the cleanest administration. We didn't have any controversies. Battling boys of Benghazi says, we're the battling boys of Benghazi. No fame, no glory, no paparazzi. Just a fiery death and a blazing hell defending our country we love so well. Democrats hate this country. See, you know know these boys were conservatives. It wasn't our job, but we answered the call, fought to the consulate, and scaled the wall. We pulled 20 countrymen from the jaws of fate, led them to safety, and stood at the gate. Just the two of us, and foes by the score, but we stood fast to bar the door. Three calls we made for reinforcement, but all were denied. So we fought, and we fought, and we fought till we died. We gave our all. For our Uncle Sam, but Barack and Hillary didn't give a damn. Just two dead seals who carried the load. No thanks to us. We were just bumps in the road. Remember that bumps in the road talk that Obama gave? You remember Hillary saying, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? I read this about General Petraeus. You remember General Petraeus? He was head of the military there for a while, and then he got caught. He was in. He, you know, I don't understand why people have to screw other women while they got one mar- they're married to. Why don't they just divorce the one? They can't be patient like the women that don't want to wait to have the baby. They just got to kill it. Guys, guys and gals get so hot and bothered about each other, they go out and screw each other while they're married to somebody else. Why don't you just get a divorce? Anyway, Petraeus got all caught and embarrassed the administration, so they had to make an example of him, even though they're doing all kinds of screwy stuff themselves. So I want to read this. I'm not sure Petraeus wrote it. It says he did, but you never know nowadays. But whoever wrote it, it's good. But I'll play it right when they come back. But we got a couple clips here for you. We'll be right back. If a crap, give it time. I'll always be guilty. 
Which unfortunately means you're going to have to pay a lot in taxes. Now, this oscillating fan you purchased in 1997, what kind? It might seem crazy what I'm about to say. Now, this fan, was it for uh, business or personal use? I'm loving all these taxes that I got to pay. You know what? I'm just going to put personal unless you can let me know. That. Like income sales, gas, capital gain. I just can't think of what you could do with a 17-year-old fan. And having to pay you to figure out the way. 17-year-old fan. Ooh, I'll call James Franco. Clap along if you're like me and it makes you feel so good. Because it's that your total tax paid for part of an outhouse in the woods. Because it's clap along if sweet, sweet camel statues make you groove. you want to pay for what PETA says? Uh, not really, no. How about for pre-K programs for fetuses? Um, again, no. How about 180 grand to study quail? No, these quail, uh, have they hatched? How about this? Do you not want to go to jail? And who do I make it out to again? Ha ha. Clap along if you love looking for every last receipt. Billion dollars? I am outraged. Do you know how many camel statues we could have acquired for that? We are so underpaid. We are here with Diane Douglas. She was the superintendent of public education here in the state of Arizona until very recently. Uh, Diane, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about what you experienced, Diane, in your role as you know, supervisor of the public education system here in Arizona. Well, it's kind of a misnomer, Alex, because really by law what the, what the superintendent actually does is oversee the Department of Education, which is a $10 billion operation here in Arizona. But what I was so disappointed to find out when I was elected to office was all of the policy-making authority laid elsewhere, either with the State Board of Education or with our locally elected school boards. But it really didn't have much impact. And sadly, I ran to repeal and replace Common Core. We got a technical repeal, but our governor, two and a half months into my term, shut down the State Board of Ed and refused to allow them to replace it with standards that were um, classical education standards. We, may, we did get some um, stronger phonics instruction. We got some of the things fixed. We have our kids now supposedly memorizing their math tape, their arithmetic tables, um, reading, writing, cursive writing. We were the first state in the nation to put that back into our standards. We got rid of obscene literature. Unfortunately, as I left, we were working on social studies and science standards, and basically the teachers threw a revolt, and they 
kowtowed the State Board of Ed into basically accepting the C3 social studies standards and the next-gen science standards. I was beat up for wanting students to just learn to question things like evolution, learn both sides of the argument. Well, we couldn't have that. No, I was uh, called a lot of names, <laughs> a lot of names in the media for that. And what I tried to do ultimately, because we weren't able to make the changes to Common Core and the social studies and science um, as a I hate to say parting shot, but kind of a parting shot. I tried to bring in the Hillsdale-Barney Charter School standards, and I couldn't even get a second from anyone on our state board to even discuss it. Wow. And so, you know, I, I, I think you have a national reputation now for your work in fighting Common Core. Would you give the, the viewers just a little bit of an inkling of what's wrong with Common Core? Why should anybody care about this? What is it doing to children? Well, it's so far beyond Common Core that people think that Common Core is something that new that just came down the pike and it's impacting our children. This is a part of a 100-year or 150-year battle that's been going on for the souls of our children. And for uh, John Dewey was very very clear his intent was to change our society and to make sure our children are un and undereducated. You know, it became so apparent to me when my own daughter um, went into school. She started in a school district, and to this day I thank God that K through 3, our district was um, Spalding Phonics and Saxon Math. So she got the basic foundation. And the first day she was in kindergarten that they started teaching phonics, I realized, oh my gosh, that's why I've struggled with reading all my life because I was taught with Dick and Jane. Wow. And to this day, to the last dying breath I take, I will fight to get phonics in our schools. Amen. That's so awesome. And uh, I know now you're involved with U.S. Parents Involved in Education, a national group. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now in the education field here in Arizona and uh, why you think that's uh, you know one of the good ways to go forward. Well, one of the biggest fights we're having here in Arizona, in my opinion, is the sexualization of our children. Um, our new superintendent is a Democrat, a very, very liberal Democrat. And in her campaign, she said she was going to basically sexualize our children. We had what they called the no promo homo in the HIV AIDS. And um, sadly, I think our legislature and governor were more cooperative in that effort to repeal that than they were in repealing Common Core and getting better standards for our kids. And, you know, if our kids can't read, if they can't do basic arithmetic, they can't write, their future is closed. And I think that's part of what concerns the educrats the most is because quite frankly if kids can read and do those basic skills they don't ever need a teacher again they can learn anything they want to for the rest of their lives and I believe that's where we need to get our children but this is just a tiny little piece of a global agenda and I was told I was crazy for believing that but I've been studying it for a very long time and I I love this country. Um, I don't exactly know why my grandparents came to this country, but I thank God every day they did. And I want my grandson to have that, have that blessing. And I see it drifting away. Amen. And so what can an average American do? So, you know, say mom and dad, Joe Sixpack out there watching this. Oh, my goodness, we have a problem. 
what would you recommend that they do to get involved if they're concerned about these issues? Well, one thing I would strongly recommend to them, giving you a uh, free promo here, is get the New American Rescuing Our Children, because what it took me years to learn, and many, many, many volumes of books, they can get the Reader's Digest version and understand what we are facing in a very real way and how far it goes back. It didn't start with Common Core or Goals 2000 or any of those. It's been going on. So understand the battle we're fighting, first and foremost. Then, if you keep your kids in school, I wish I had had the courage to homeschool my daughter, but I was chicken at the time, but uh, maybe my grandson I'll be able to, to homeschool. If you can do that, I agree with you, get them in a private school, but the reality is 85% of our kids are still in traditional district schools. If we don't fight this battle, get on your school board, go to your school board meetings, and not just when your kid's getting a nice little uh, football award or whatever it is, I don't mean to be derogatory, but the reality is they have to be there fighting tooth and nail. We don't trust, there's so many things in life we don't trust, but yet we'll trust anyone with our children. Right. And that breaks my heart. Yeah. Well, Diane, thank you so much for everything you have done, everything you're doing, and everything that you will do on behalf of our children. We really appreciate it. Thank you, and God bless you. All right, here we go. I want to read this supposedly written by General Petraeus, but if it's just written by a patriot, that's good enough for me. I remember the day he said I found out I was got into West Point. My mom actually showed up in the hallway of my high school and waited for me to get out of class. She was bawling her eyes out and apologizing that she had opened up my admission letter. She wasn't crying because it had because it had been a dream for me to go there. She was crying because she knew knew how hard I'd worked to get in, how much I wanted to attend, and how much I wanted to be an infantry officer. I was going to get that opportunity. That same day, two of my teachers took me aside and essentially told me the following. This is such so shameful. This is how corrupt our education system is. David, you're a really smart guy. You don't have to join the military. You should go to college instead. What? pussies these guys are these guys are so that's why you need to get your kids out of school and go homeschool them david you're not you're a smart guy man you don't have to join the military you should go to college instead meet up with all these sissy professors anyway i'll go on i could easily write a theme defending west point and the military as i did that day explaining that the usma is an elite institution that separate that separate from it from that it is actually statistically much harder to enlist in the military than it is to get admitted admitted to college that serving the nation is a challenge that all able-bodied men should at least consider for a host of reasons but i but i won't what I will say is that when I, when a 16-year-old kid is being told that attending West Point is going to be bad for his future, 
then there there is a dangerous disconnect in America. I agree totally, Mr. Petraeus. And entirely too many Americans have no idea what kind of burdens our military is bearing. In World War II, 11.2% of the nation served four years. My dad was one of them. My uncle was another one. During the Vietnam era, just 4.3% served in 12 years. Since 2001, only 0.45%, that's about half of a percent of our population, has served in the global war on terror. These are unbelievable statistics. Over time, fewer and fewer and fewer people have shouldered more and more of the burden, and it is only getting worse. Our troops, hold on, our troops were sent to war in Iraq by a Congress consisting of 10% veterans with only one person having a child in the military of all the Congress, only one having a child in the military. Taxes did not increase to pay for the war. War bonds were not sold. Gas was not regulated. In fact, the average citizen was asked to sacrifice absolutely nothing and has sacrificed nothing unless they have chosen to to do that out of the goodness of their heart. In fact, they won't even stink and vote. The only people who have sacrificed are the veterans and their families, the volunteers, the people who swore an oath to defend the nation. You stand there, deployment after deployment, and fight on. You've lost relationships, spent years of your lives in extreme conditions, years apart from your kids that you'll never, ever get back, and beaten your body in a way that even professional athletes don't understand. Then you come home to a nation that doesn't understand. They don't understand suffering. They don't understand sacrifice. They don't understand why we fight for them. They don't understand that bad people exist. They look at you like you're a machine, like something is wrong with you. You were the misguided one, not them. When you get out, you sit in the college classrooms with political science teachers that discount your opinions on Iraq and Afghanistan because you were there and can't understand the macro issues they gathered from books because of your bias being in the military. You watch TV shows where every vet has PTSD and the violent strain at that. Your Congress is debating your benefits, your retirement, and your pay while they ask you to do more. But the amazing thing about you is that you all know this. <laughs> you know your country will never pay back what you've given up. You know that the populace at large will never truly understand or appreciate what you have done for them. Hell, you know that in some circles you will be thought as less than than normal for having worn the uniform. I'll just say that again. Hell, you know that in some circles you will be thought as less than normal for having worn the uniform, but you do it anyway. You do what the greatest men and women of this country have done since 1775. You served. Just that decision alone makes you part of an elite group all right credible i'm gonna take a swig of 
green iced tea. Straight from Vietnam, the tea was. I added the water here. It's Marysville water, the most expensive water in Northern California. It's almost like drink, drinking liquid gold. Unbelievable. Remember I was talking about, oh, let's, let me let me take a, 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 a diversion here. I was going to talk about taxpayers paying refugees to resettle refugees here. Instead of resettling, instead of helping Syrians stay in their own country, securing areas of that country and building them some cities, we pay up to $133,000 per refugee resettled here. And they don't give a crap about America. They speak a foreign language. They're Muslims. And uh, they're never going to settle in here. Take generations. I want to talk a little bit about the election this week. We Out here, I know some of you are listening from other states, Washington, Missouri, Texas, Florida, Nevada, Utah, Idaho. And so... I don't know what's going on over your place, but we've been having a big fight over school bonds up here in Northern California. I can't speak for the rest of the state. I've been kind of out of touch. Like I mentioned, we were been doing tip training, so I've been that's been my main focus. Because what's done, what's done was done. You seventy percent of you registered voters chose to stay home and smoke weed or something. Watch cage fighting or something. So anyway, the, it looks like the school bonds up and down the state are going down in flames. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, how long is that going to take? We're already so buried in debt. It's so stupid to me that we've created our generation, baby boomers and on down, have created so much debt that the, our grandkids will never get out of that. I got, I got a few grandkids that are... I don't know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh grades. They will never get out of this debt we've created. <clears throat> I didn't create it. I didn't want it. I voted against. I have never voted for a bond in these these uh, general elections or primaries. But I'm telling you, Californians are suckers for bonds. All bonds are are borrowing money against the general fund of the state of California. It is totally a ripoff. So you, you, the interest rate is fantastic. Some of these bonds that Yuba college has where you're paying back twice what the bond, what we got out of the money of the bond. So thank God we turned down these Yuba college bonds. The one of the disappointments for me when I've gone out to college, I attended the college for about a year or so. And then I've, back when I was out of high school, and then I've gone back and I've taken a class or two here and there trying to finish up a four-year degree, which I never did. Anyway, I don't want to get off sidetracked on that. But the point is that the college looks terrible. The college is being abandoned. Yuba College, the campus on Northville Road, is systematically being abandoned. It's just big, empty space. The roofs are leaking. Mold is growing. And they're redeploying their money to build a fantastic campus in Woodland. Now, I like Woodland. I was there the other day, dropped a drug addict off down there at a rehab. Nice rehab. 
and it looked like a nice city to me. But I, I live here in Yuba County, and I pay taxes here. And I don't want my money to go down there to Yuba, to Yuba College District. I don't care whether it's Yuba College District, what they call it, but they're now it's it's part of the same group, and it's a Woodland campus. And no wonder Woodland people don't a lot of the the newspapers down there were promoting. Uh, they wanted to vote for this bond. Well, they're getting all the money. We're we're having to pay up here in Yuba and Sutter County, and the money is going down there to fix that brand new college up down there. And our college is rotting out at the seams. It's got dry rot. They've let it go. You think, well, you know, we just wore it out. You didn't wear it out. You neglected it. It's called neglect. My house is older than Yuba College. It's in good shape. Why? Because I spent money on it to repair it, remodel it, paint it, roof it, replumb it, change it. It's called maintaining. That's called being a good steward. The Bible says it's important for a steward to be at first faithful. A good steward must be faithful. The The people that run Yuba College have not been faithful to the people of Yuba Sutter counties or any of these other counties that Yuba College serves. That campus looks horrible. There haven't been any trees or landscaping done there in generations. It's pitiful. They can't even paint the buildings. Listen, when you are so screwed up financially that you cannot roof your own buildings out of your budget that the state of California get uh, gives you, you're screwed up. We're paying way too much for uh, executives, way too much for salaries for teachers. When you're paying executives 300-something thousand dollars to do what? To to produce what we got out there? Have you Listen, I'm telling you, if you, you're from this area, you should – Drive to go out there in the college, go on, go out there on the weekend when there's no students there and just walk around each campus or each classroom. And, and one of, one of my friends took photos and posted on Facebook. It looks so horrible, mold, rot, water problems. They just, they're abandoning the high, they are abandoning that college. They haven't officially told anybody that. But that's exactly what's going on. They're abandoning that college and redeploying funds elsewhere, like in Sutter County. And I don't want to pay for it. But but those bonds are stuck on my taxes till they're paid for long after I'm dead and gone. But I resent having to pay bonds and see that campus just walk there. It's like an absentee landlord out there. How much does it cost to paint everything up and clean it up? It's like... It's just easier to shove it over in government. I can't afford to shove my house over. I got to keep it up. Oh, well, we want new stuff. Screw new stuff. Fix up the buildings you have. Any building is going to fall apart. That's the nature of buildings. You just have to keep fixing them up. Do the repairs. Do the remodel. Put new roofs on. You want some new technology? Run the new new technology. I, I just find it so fascinating. I'll tell you uh, another deal of waste. These guys, you know, of course, we on Facebook it was showing. I don't know whether they spent three hundred twenty five or three hundred ten thousand dollars a year to 
to not be not have the administration out to college, and they gave some flimsy excuse when they moved down to their office suite off uh, Pluma Street that they wanted to be more centrally located to all the campuses. You know something? It's just like you're just dumping all over everybody lies and and political spin nonsense. The waste that's going on out there is phenomenal, and we're going to get it all rooted out before it's over. This this fight for against these bonds just pulled off an ugly old funky sta- scab, and underneath there's all kinds of infection and stuff. And we'll eventually get to it, be, even though your the the college doesn't do any better than Yuba County does about responding to. Uh, Freedom of Information Act requests. Well, let me stop right here for a second before we get too far gone here. We got we got a couple of segments to go here, but I want to mention, hey, uh, if you don't want a bunch of do-overs in your life, you know, I've seen people, they hire contractors, they, the contractor rips them off, they want them to front, front them money, they start the job, then they start a second job, a third job, and then pretty soon, I thought you were going to come by today. No, I couldn't come by. How about tomorrow? Well, I'm not sure about tomorrow. How about next day? Well, I'm not sure. Right? They get all these jobs going. They don't keep their commitments. They're too independent. They call them independent contractors. Don't keep their word. They don't keep their commitment. They jack the price around. It's just a ripoff. It's a big ripoff. But Dave Greenitz is a is an ace in dealing with remodels, bathroom, kitchen, just none better. Go look on his website, greenitzconstruction.com, G-R-E-E-N-E-T-Z, greenitzconstruction.com. Go look at his website. Go look at Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook site. Don't take my word for it. Go check it out. See whether it isn't impressive. But they'll also put, you know, right now is when you want to put a whole house fan in where it sucks the hot air out and and draws cool air through your windows in during the day but or during the uh the night and then during the day you can shut it down and hold the hold the cool in but they can put a whole house fan is what's the advantage saves a lot on utilities that utility meter ain't spinning crazy you don't have to turn on that big central heating and air conditioning unit uh, as often as you used to, man, when that, my parents' house, they had a central, they had one of the first central air conditioning units around when that thing would take off, sound like a jet engine firing up and that neat, that, uh, disc in that electrical box would just fly around like, like a 45 record. So give Greenest a call. They'll put you in a whole house fan, save you some PG&E dollars. Or if you want to get your kitchen or bathroom on, modeled or your front door they will take care of you and they they are legit man they're on it it's a serious operation to them it's not some fly by night oh yeah let's do this and go smoke some weed this afternoon that they're not about that maybe you should go smoke the weed they'll just do the remodel in your house you can go take it easy come home at night and it's all cleaned up also want to mention my friends at Plumbing Doctor. The other day I had a bunch of stuff. I had a kitchen sink that was leaking. The toilet was rocking back and forth. And what was what, one other thing that was, oh, I had a hot water heater was leaking. Those guys swung, swung in here and just like bang, bang, thank you, ma'am. 
put it all back together, I'm I'm dry. In fact, a Cal Water guy came by today, was looking at my water meter. I said, hey, what's up? You got a leak out there? And he said, no, Lou. He said, we're just, the box had a crack in it. We're just replacing the box. And uh, I said, oh, I'm always concerned that maybe I have a leak I don't know about, and I'm paying through the nose over there at Cal Water because it's like liquid gold, that water. So... Anyway, he educated me, so I explained it to me, so I know what's going on. But if you need a plumber, like I did, I just needed one the other day. I put a, I put a new uh, faucet on my kitchen. Like it doesn't leak. I don't like things that leaks. Fix the hot water heater, got the toilet all stabilized and everything. In case a big dog sits on it, he ain't going to fall off. Anyway, you can call Plumbing Doctor at 530-671-9111. You might get Susie on the phone. She knows how to operate those phones. She gets the job done. So just a thought. Give a shout out. If you tell them you heard it here, they might give you a deadhead discount show you some love over there all right i'm just trying to look here so check this out there's a big scam going on where the liberals are bringing in all these refugees oh they all you know they're all screwed up in their country so let's just bring them over here we got them just leave them there build them their own homes just go it's cheaper at 133,000 per refugee i don't know what a home costs in syria or Yemen, or Somalia, but it must be less than 133,000, right? In those, as they say, shitholes. You remember back in the day when old Trump questioned, oh, people, well, Mexicans were so uh, so sensitive. He said, we're going to stop rapists. And he didn't say, he never said, you can listen to it on YouTube. He didn't say we're going to all these people down there are ripoffs, liars, cheats. He just said, hey, we need to stop that type of person from coming into country, no matter what flavor they are. There's all kinds of people crossing that border down there, people from India, Colombia, Honduras. It's all over. You know, it's a big deal. Uh, okay, so we're p- spending anywhere from sixty to one hundred and thirty-three thousand. Once we bring them in the country, we're just spending money on them left and right. Where do we find out this? There's a group called Research by the Cent or the Center for Immigration Studies (CIS). They're called resettlement costs. You know who makes a lot of the money? Big old religious organizations like the Catholic Church, and. Um, the Lutheran Church. There's a number of these churches. They're, it's a cash cow for them. They say, yeah, yeah, bring in all the refugees because they're putting money in our tithe box. So it says refugee-specific costs add about 22% over and above the cost of other immigrants, and, and low, but low education by itself is enough to push adult refugees' estimated physical impact well into negative territory. 
All this overseas assistance could allow some refugees to eventually resettle in countries where they have stronger cultural and historical ties than they do with the U.S. That means they're Muslims. And they have a different worldview than we do here, and they want to come over and change it because we're evil because we don't believe like they do. So it's like, hey, check out who's evil. It says in year 2020, Trump will continue cutting refugee admissions by reducing former Barack Obama's refugee influx by 80%. 80%. You think Trump's not working? You know, it's like in the back old days, Barack and all of them could work about one problem at a time. They just suck all the energy right out of them. But a real good businessman gets a lot of things going at the same time. Trump's cutting refugee admissions by 80%. This means a a maximum 18,000 refugees can be resettled between you in the US between October 1, 2019 and September 30, 2020. This is merely a numerical limit and not a goal, a goal deficit officials or federal officials are imposing to reach. Trump sought to allow American communities and states to have a say in where they wanted to resettle refugees in their towns and cities, giving them veto power. A federal judge, though, has temporarily blocked the executive order from taking effect. Unbelievable. This migrant thing is crazy, crazy, crazy. Another article I think is in Breitbart, Migrant Family mi- migrant family Apprehensions. Do you think they're up or down? <clears throat> they're down by 90%, 92%. Well, you think they're just getting slick and they're, they're out foxing the um, Border Patrol? Well, the Border Patrol thinks that there's not as many people coming as families to the border because they're getting turned back. Because what they were trying to do was against the law. Did you know that Yuba College sent out an inner office memo about a year ago, maybe two years ago now, saying, don't tell anyone, but if there's an illegal on campus, we'll protect them. We have a sanctuary campus. And so we're going to, they're, they're DACA kids, right? They're DACA. And so We'll help them financially. All the DACA kids, every couple of years, they got to pay a fee to stay in the country until they can try to win their case. But these attorneys, uh, anyway, to win, they'll stay stay in the uh, in the country until they win their case. Every two years, they got to pay a fee, and so the Yuba College is saying. Don't tell anybody we have these DACA kids and we'll pay their fee for them. Well, that's nice of Yuba College to do because it's our tax dollars. Why don't they pay it out of Doug Houston's salary or the trustee's salary if they want to be kind to DACA kids? I wrote an article recently about being charitable with your neighbor's money. The idea is that you should be charitable with your own money and hear from God how you're supposed to spend it. But instead, the way the government does, it takes all our money and then it spends like they've always wanted to crazily. 
It's not so. So we had these migrant families fell by 92% from the peak of the 2019 humanitarian and border security crisis. The liberals want to bring in as many possible for a couple of reasons. One is they're going to vote Democrat because they're going to give them all this giveaway stuff. The second thing is big manufacturers, conservative and liberal, wants cheap labor. And those these people will work cheap. But the numbers are staggering. And what's happening is less people are being apprehended at the border. It's not because they're sneaking through so much. It's that the, fl- the flow has, they're dealing with these refugees in Mexico if they're coming up from the Central America. Back in May of this last year, 2019, 61% of those we were encountering this uh the guy named Morgan, Mark Morgan, uh, and people were coming up from Central America. And he says 61% of those we were encountering were families, the majority of those from North Triangle countries. Because, again, I won't go into all the details. Anyway, the point is that Trump's approach is saying, hey, we're we're willing to have you We're willing to have you as a an immigrant, but you have to go through the same process that everybody else goes through. You have to go through the process. You have to fill out the paperwork, and you can do that from a foreign country. You do not need to be living here doing that. So I, I wrote this article, Being Charitable with Your Neighbor's Money. It said, most wonder why foreigners coming here legally and illegally can order from the public benefits menu for U.S. citizens. It was not always this way. Furthermore, people question why politicians of either party do not correct the egregious giveaway of our tax dollars. For decades, Republicans wonder, how did we lose all the support? But they do nothing. They don't stand for anything. They don't have any backbone. All they are is big politicians getting money, and they're not in any hurry to change the swamp. They're a part of the swamp. So... Trump now isn't going to be enforcing this thing called the public charge rule. It's been around since the 1800s. People say, I hate Trump. He started this thing. He started this thing now and ruining everything and, uh, you know, ruining our whole opportunity here. And, uh, and the fact is the public charge rule went all the way back to the 1800s. What it said basically was if you come here, you cannot use, back in the day before welfare, <clears throat> if you come here, don't expect the government to cover any of your costs. You need relatives or friends who will take you in and sponsor you, right? That's how that worked. <clears throat> so they're public charge rules. So if there's legal, if there's immigrants that have been in this country <clears throat> for some time and they've collected a lot of welfare in Section 8 and WIC and all that kind of stuff, food stamps, they're going to probably deport them instead of uh, bringing them on as citizens. They're not interested in people that are going to be on the system. They need to support themselves, and they need to learn English, and they need to become citizens. They just can't come in here and mooch. 
Now, maybe if they had the Bracero program, which some of you old people would remember, they did allow people to come up here for a few months on a work permit, then you'd, they'd go back home. But now it's just a bunch of derelicts and nutcases and addicts running around our street for the most part. So anyway, Trump is created. He issued this rule or reissued the rule. Um, so it says here, the rule will favor granting citizenship to younger, self-sufficient, healthier and English speaking legal immigrants over those who have used at least, in other words, that's their preference over those who have used at least one form of public welfare for more than 12 months within a 16, 36 month period. It looks like that some of the, some of the folks are, are going to engage this rule and maybe some aren't, but we'll see. It says in the past, 56% of, of Hispanic citizens said they supported favoring self-sufficient legal immigrants for the green card over the <clears throat> over the welfare recipient legal immigrants, as well as about 6 in 10 of all American voters and 62% of all swing voters. So... Uh, this public charge is interesting thing. Now, do you think that the Obama people didn't know something about this? They did. They just didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to deal with it. And Trump is going to squeeze as many dollars out of this as possible and get them back to the people in the uh, throughout America. I'm just looking through this article and see if I can pick up anything else I want to say about it. It's a very good article. Um, I, I can't even quote where it's from right now because I'm not looking in the right spot. So it's interesting here. I wrote this article this last week. If this rule goes through and sticks, it's going to save $57.4 billion from our taxes. The amount of money every year spent for welfare, crime, and schooling for immigrants costs about $1.2 million. Big business, folks, and it, and the all the buildings are allowed to fall, but we got all kinds of money to pay these other people. The National Academies of, of Science found that immig immigrant households consumed 33% more cash welfare <clears throat> than American citizen households. The uh, CIS explains that about 63% of non-citizens households in the U.S. use at least one form of public welfare, while only 35% of native-born Americans are on welfare. California has the largest population of non-citizens in the country. Almost 11 million or nearly 30% of the state's total population. More than 7 in 10, 72% of non-citizen households are on at least one form of welfare. Isn't that tragic? Totally tragic. 
that would never have happened in former generations. If you could get here and make a living, great. Some made it, some didn't, and they went back to Europe. Why in the world we are, and, and all I can say is that the mental illness of uh, the men, mentally ill Democrat Party. Mentally ill. It's crazy. And they're just more interested in power and votes than they are in the good of the country. <clears throat> so my friend went to to Oklahoma. Gas was just a little over $2 a gallon at Christmas time there. And not only that, he said utilities and water, the housing, food, the whole thing was cheaper. But we are the most generous state in the union on welfare. We don't even have any work requirements. Pretty much they can get away with murder here. But that's just the way it is. It just it's just a really disgusting thing. <clears throat> I wanted to uh look at something else here. Make sure I finished what I was doing. All right. You heard earlier <clears throat> this lady who is a grandmother type now. Her name's Diane Douglas. She used to be the Arizona Superintendent of Public Instruction for the state of Arizona. And she is big time speaking out against the common core philosophy of education, the dumbing down of education, the dumbing down of readers. And her contention is that the stupider our kids are, the easiest they will be to take over. That's her whole, her, her whole argument. And I stumbled, I, I stumbled into her, um, on YouTube she also, she urges people to get a copy. If you got kids in the public school system, you ought to go get a copy of the book. Actually, it's a special report called, it's in new, um, the New American Magazine. And their special report is on rescuing our children. So I would highly recommend that. Either get it, get your kid into a private school uh, or something like that, and they won't suffer at all. They'll do good. I, and I, Randy Thomason with SaveCalifornia.com. I always for, can for, I always forget the name of his other website other than SaveCalifornia.com. It's a website called RescueYourChildren.com. Dot com or dot org. Anyway, you can find it off his SaveCalifornia.com. I think that's it, as opposed to org. Randy Thomason, he's a big family lobbyist for families, not government, down at the uh, state capitol in Sacramento. So um, you need to go check that out. Okay.
just trying to see where to pick up from uh, what I missed last week. Okay. I already mentioned last week. I just, you know, I've just been thinking about this lottery situation where they mismanaged or they didn't give to schools $36 million. And some people that are new to the lottery probably wondered how how, how did the lottery start? My feeling is the government more and more is going into gambling. They just, it's another, another uh, revenue stream for them. And, and, you know, it's kind of like when the liberals say they really love people and they're the, the advocators or freedom fighters for the poor. It, it's just a lie. It's, they're just the opposite. And everything you hear them criticizing the president for, uh, they're doing. They've done in the past. They've simply done it in the past. It's tragic, but that's the way it is. So, uh, you know, this lottery thing, I remember when Pete Wilson was governor, supposedly a moderate Republican, and they voted in to have a lottery. My feeling is, hey, if you want to have gambling in the state, just legalize the whole thing and let people gamble instead of just preferring these Indian uh, reservation type things. But why let the government have the lottery? Remember they said the big argument was, well, yeah, we want to have this lottery, but we're going to give a certain percentage of it to uh, to schools, a small percentage to schools, and so that was the hook. That was the that was the carrot that uh, caught people's attention. Well, oh, well, you know, maybe they wouldn't raise, raise taxes then if they used lottery money for the schools. Now, the bottom line, that was a whole charade, a whole fraud, because really they they haven't been given this money to the schools. They haven't been given the proper money. They can't even do the right audit. In fact, Elaine Howells, who's the uh, auditor controller of the state of California, said the state departments are so many and so complex that they they don't even have time to um, get get a combined checkbook and receipts book for the whole. In other words, they got all kinds of decentralized management going on. It's just crazy what's going on. And so uh, Elaine House just said that the financing of the, the state of California is in total chaos, basically what she was saying. But she was offering to help this guy uh, or help people get get squared away and and uh, and yet, it doesn't seem like anybody pays any attention to her, Lane House. But uh, the lottery system is screwing over education instead of helping it, and it was just a ruse. The whole thing was a scam uh, to get people to vote for this. More money, more money, more money, and uh, and yet. The lottery system just sucking the money. Someone once said the lottery system is there for those people who flunked math because you have a better chance of getting hit by a meteorite or eaten by a shark. 
But, you know, there's just something fun about going down and pulling that that arm down all day, pushing and pressing the button or pulling an arm down or all the different games. Some people are just the game players. Thank God I'm not. We're going to call it a day here, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll be here, Lord willing, in another month or so, or not another month, but another week. And uh, I think it will be the 14th of March. We'll be back on a Saturday. So listen, uh, this week when you're out and about, and if you run into somebody you don't know, take time to give them a shout out and shake their hand and ask them a few questions. You may be entertaining an angel and not even know it. All right. See you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody. Sugar to kiss.